Welcome back to the Anal Podcast. In today's bonus episode, our first bonus episode, Rose dropped into our last round table. As John said, she burst right out the curtains and gave us the situation. She tells us about the nurse's comic, as well as what we, as Americans, can do to truly help the medical professionals during this time and the times that may be worse to come. So please listen through and let's hear what Rose has to say during her roundtable drop-in bonus episode. Enjoy! Rob, somebody just came out of your curtains. Oh! Welcome to the Anal Podcast Roundtable. Rose, how are you this evening? Are you coming to give us an update on the COVID situation in your locale? I can do that. Hello, everybody. How How is it going? I'm sorry I've gotten on a little bit late. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest, after I got home from work. Hi, my, na- my name's John. I'm the stuntman, and I like to party. He's most of the things. Oh, well, COVID sucks. Are you are you for real seeing an increase? Oh, yeah, dude. It's way worse than it was, like, in April or May. It's, like, double and getting, like, progressively, progressively worse. What would you say the current state of the people whose main responsibility is COVID, What? how are they holding at this point? Not well. It seems like people are really starting to get exhausted. Um, they're having a pretty mass influx of um mickey nurses leaving and nurses leaving our system and people just not wanting to and just can't deal with it anymore and they just go other places and just get a different job people are getting sick like our staff are getting sick um and like we're constantly getting alerted of like when we've been um in contact with another staff member or a patient that wasn't positive and now is or wasn't even being rolled out and now is positive and we just took care of them the other day or whatever. So it's like pretty high stress environment for like everybody, even when you're not taking direct care of the COVID patients because like everyone was on such a high alert all the time. That sucks. We all have our N100s, you know, where it's like COVID's just like a new part of the routine but it's a very stressful part of the routine like we have to block off a room after we've used it for a procedure for a covid positive patient for an hour and all the particles like literally like it has to be blocked off for like an hour and all the particles have to sit and it has to be cleaned with a special light before another patient's allowed back in that room my goodness it's very yeah it's very stressful and the policies are constantly changing so like we have a at least in my department We have a big board that has like all the info we need on it pretty much. There's always a new new COVID policy update every fucking week on the goddamn board. It's like everything's constantly changing. It's just frustrating. So the new position is that more or less stressful with the influx of COVID? Um, definitely less because I'm not getting pulled to the COVID unit, which is what I would be doing if I was still at my old job. So I definitely feel like I'm a little less stressed not spending 12 hours being gowned up, literally garbed up from head to fucking toe for 12 hours, only getting time to like go and take a 30 minute break here. And then like, I think we get two 15 minute breaks, which is pathetic because there's never a nurse that you'll ever see that gets two 15 minute breaks and a 30 minute lunch break. <laughs> yeah, like, right. You are fucking lucky to get 30 minutes at a 12 hour goddamn shift on your feet lucky (laughs) like it's no joke that's why like 
nurses working 312s were like exhausted. And that's without a pandemic, mind you. Yeah. Yeah, everything's different with the pandemic. I think I think you've shocked all the boys into quiet. They're all like, oh my god, pretty girl in the room. Shh. We don't know she's pretty. She sounds pretty, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were just getting to our discussion topics on our COVID predictions, whether we think it's going to surge on a surge on a surge on a surge. My god, it's going to be fucking horrible. So like, even like stupid shit keeps happening in the hospital. Like just yesterday, we still allow some very limited some visitors per patients like but we're still allowing visitors some patients fucking son yesterday came back covid positive today so now the patient is in quarantine guess what now all the nurses that took care of that patient have to be careful and like watch themselves and like monitor their symptoms and it's just like very frustrating like that they're still allowing visitors and we're not like shutting more things down because like we are already like hitting close to fucking capacity at my hospital and i know the other hospitals around us are getting fuller i just read an article that butler and clarion clarion i mean granted they both only have seven icu beds and grove cities um, also has no capa- <laughs> no capability is that capacity or icu capacity Sorry, I interrupt. ICU capacity. Okay. Just, 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 uh, thanks. Yeah. Butler is opening up a, f- I think it was 14 bed, like ICU unit in their one, um, post operative unit, like a PACU. Yeah. Um, they're turning that into a COVID ICU, but like, where are you going to find nurses for that? Um, like you can't just open a fucking unit and expect it to just like, all right, do it. Like, you hardly have staff. That was a problem in El Paso and Arizona, correct? Where they, they maybe had space but didn't have any staff? But they didn't have the staff. Yeah. I mean, you when run and run down all the time, and then people are getting sick on top of that. Like, you can't just think that, like, staff members don't get sick, too. That's you're being surrounded by it the whole fucking time you're at work. Are you concerned that you're going to get it while at work? Oh, it's not... It's not like if I'm going to get it, it's just when I'm going to get it. Like, I know I'm going to get it and I've already come to terms with that. But I'm just, I'm doing everything I possibly can. I'm being as precautious as I can at work. I wash my hands a million times a day. I mean, I wear a scrub cap because I'm in a procedural unit and everything's like very sterile in the workspace that I work in. So... I'm always washing my hands, using hand sanitizer, wiping everything down between every patient. Just not in the mood to get it. <laughs> it. You just, you have to be on very high alert all the time. And like, we have like very specific screens now for everything. Um, <clears throat> like, it's just, it's a big part of a change for all of healthcare workers' routines. And like, don't get me wrong, like, we're healthcare providers. We signed up for this, you know, like we're here to take care of the people. And that's not, a, that's not a problem. The problem, the problem comes when people outside are telling us, Oh, your healthcare heroes, your healthcare heroes. And then you're going to a party with 25, 30 fucking plus people. And you're stabbing us in the fucking back because then fucking 15 or 20, you're going to come back sick. And then five, you're going to need hospitalized. And then we're stuck at the bedside taking care of your ass. And you're like, oh, you're a hero, blah, blah, blah. Well, you're just overwhelming us now. Nursing ratios are going up because we need to have more patients. 
we need to have more beds. So they're just making more beds appear. And they're just putting these beds on the patient, the nurse loads. And it's not safe. It's exhausting. What's your take on being called a hero versus um, being called just, you know, someone that does this job and how that translates to us probably, you know, being able to ignore proper funding still? Because, you know, if you say someone is heroic rather than... A, oh, my God. You know, it's so infuriating. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you get you get praised as a hero, but you don't get treated like it at all. No, no, not at all. We don't get paid like it. We... I mean, we're just expected to show up all the time, every day. Like, we hardly get, like, sick time. We get fucking knocked if we use sick time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, when you work in a hospital, you can never, ever come to work sick. That is against every rule. But if you call off, you are in so much trouble. Yes, it's horrible. It's but don't come in sick. But if you call out, so help me goodness, you do mm -hmm. it three times in a 24-month period, you're fired. Oh, but don't come sick. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Another thing. So just found out today. <laughs> was Oh, I should probably. I can beat that. that. Please, please beat that. <laughs> they made um, Marvel hooked up and made a nurse's comic. You guys will have to look this up. Great. I'm not even kidding you. It's super depressing, actually, because I got a paper copy of it, paper copy of it today, and got to read it. But it's based on nurses, a couple nurses, in the I think it's the medical ICU where they're actually taking care of the COVID ICU vented patients. Um, so the nurses that it's based on, places. they're getting uh, residuals from this, right? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It was just like a big promo no. today. I would think probably not because it's just that's how the world works, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the comic was nicely made by Marvel. I mean, it was cool the way they depicted it. Um, it was sad. I mean, it was very short, but it was sad. It's true. You know, like it shows like a like nurses running to save a patient that's dying and then like immediately after running to save another patient that's dying and like just talks about the true life of it it's like and it's their thoughts their thought process and then talking to each other saying like we're exhausted and we're run down and we're hungry and like this fucking sucks pretty much and they're still like pumping on the guy's chest and then, like, run in to save the next patient down the hall that comes in and can't breathe. I think, like, a couple of them might be ER nurses, too. It's cool. I mean, it's cool that, like, Marvel, like, reached out to do something like that. But it's, like, that's not what we fucking need is a goddamn comic book. Like, oh, great. Let me, like, pat you on the fucking back. You made a goddamn comic. Can you, like, give the nurses some fucking funding, maybe? Or, like, give us, like... I don't even know, like, nicely made, like, new masks or something. I don't even fucking know. What is your a better situation? You're still uh, using your N100. Mm-hmm. Pappers, everybody, everybody is getting N100 tested and fitted now. I wonder how much pappers. money went into printing the comic versus, like, funding, like, a factory to make masks or whatever. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's why Marvel made the comic, though, so everybody knows that you that you're that you're you're a hero, not that you should be paid more or 
or we should, you know. But this is so, like, mind-boggling to me, because it, it's not like Marvel's raising money for hospitals or anything. They're just, yeah, it's just, again, it's just this, you know, what's the least we can do? Or, or I wonder if the network just actually paid Marvel a shit ton of money to do that in, instead of going to PPE. Yeah, I don't like, know. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, like, I mean, it wasn't nice, but, like, we've, we felt a little bit more appreciated and like families were like constantly bringing like food in and like thank you cards. And like now, like during this part of the pandemic, like me and actually a couple of the older nurses were just talking about this today at lunch. Like you feel dirty walking around. Like I can't even go and get gas in my scrubs, whether I'm leaving or coming from work without getting dirty looks. Like I'm covered in COVID. It's like, not okay <laughs> like it's like it doesn't like make me want to say that like i'm a nurse like people like look at you funny and like look at you like you're dirty and you're gross and it's like are you kidding me like we've been busting our ass and you're gonna fucking do that shit all right yeah. uh, i'm just reading this article hold on it says it says the mass exodus from bedside nursing will be of historic proportions. The initial waves have started, but in the coming decade, hospital hospitals will become desperate. The year of the nurse and midwife has exhausted and demoralized far too many. Nurses are retiring early. New nurses are burning out and leaving bedside completely. Seasoned nurses are exhausted and frustrated. They're leaving their hospitals to work as travelers because they don't feel valued. This did not happen overnight. A global pandemic with no contingency planning... By hospital systems, state, national legislation, coupled with national shortage of PPE, and add the already, um, this truly could have been avoided if nurse, nurses, CNAs, and PCTs were valued more than profits. If we weren't expected to donate money to our hospitals to keep them afloat. If we weren't expected to be okay with our raises and benefits being cut. If we weren't expected to continue to work without proper PPE. If we weren't expected to work while COVID positive. If we weren't expected... To be martyrs. That's why nurses are done. Boom. That's pretty summed up great. Yeah. It sounds like nurses uh, sort of seizing the means of production a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be like kind of scary. I think come January and February, like especially after this like next two holiday surges, come Christmas and New Year's. Oh. And Americans being the selfish little bastards everybody is, like they're going to travel. They don't give a fuck. They're going to go and spread COVID among everyone and come fucking January and February, it's going to be horrible and everyone's going to be sick. Do you imagine any sort of solution to American exceptionalism and selfishness? Literally, the only thing that I, the only thing that I think is going to save America is if people really get the vaccine. Like if the vaccine that they really are talking about is successful as they are, it is, and it like gets released and it is as successful and people aren't having any kind like no real bad side effects and that's the only thing won't that really treat the symptom though rather than treating the disease of americans being selfish and well i think that that is kind of like i don't know i just think america's is a bunch of selfish people anyways i don't really think that's going to change even with a global pandemic and a bunch of people dying i mean look how many people have already died look how many people are already sick and look at the way the numbers are going. Like, you literally just... Somebody with common fucking sense has to look at a goddamn graph. Curves. And you can tell 
that we're fucked. Like, it literally does not take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Just looking at the pattern that we have going right now. Listening to the experts and what people are saying. The fact that, like, it's already gotten worse. And let me tell you, okay, there's definitely more patients and people are really sick. The only thing is, is people aren't dying as fast because we're able to keep them alive a little bit longer. Like, right now in the medical ICU, we have four patients on ECMO at one time. Prior to the pandemic, what's the most you'd ever seen on ECMO? Oh, like one or two, maybe. What is ECMO? ECMO is <laughs> like the last resort life support. It's lung heart bypass. It's like it's like what Got somebody it. gets when they're having open heart surgery. So it completely does the entire, like you can just have like a heart bypass where like the patient's lungs are intact and working well. So just like pumps your blood for you and cleans it and just keeps pumping it through your lungs to deoxygenate and reoxygenate and like the exchange of CO2 and O2 or it can do the work of both and actually oxygenate your blood while pumping it through your body so yeah it does that and it keeps you alive as the stunt man I, I already knew that but um just for for the listeners sake they heard it in her episode <laughs> it might they, you never know people don't listen to everything no, you're right. They may be listening backwards, too. That's fair. Don't yell at me. I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling! I'm in a fragile state right now. You don't want the talent to leave to another podcast, Rob. I know. Yeah. I can't afford that. I'm going with the nurses. Jared and Mike, any questions that you have about the pandemic for an actual medical professional who's in it at the moment? We listened to um, the new episode of yours over the weekend and like yeah I, I feel like i know way more than i ever needed to and it sounds really bleak and depressing and i'm sorry that that's your life right now yeah, it sucks <laughs> other than you know taking actual precautions against the virus i mean are, are what are there ways that people that aren't in the healthcare industry can support you in solidarity Question. truly just being mindful of what you're doing the people you surround yourself with you know really honestly trying to protect yourself and people around you like only going out when you really need to go out it sucks because winter is coming and you can't really like go on hikes and a lot of like social distancing kind of activities but i still think that technology makes it possible for people to zoom now i mean it's not ideal but it's something that can really impact our near future and can really protect our healthcare providers just by being cognizant of where you're at and who you're with. Are there any organizations we can help fund or like if people were donating PPE, is that still a need? It's hard to say because there's nothing that like I can think right off the bat that it would be like directly donated to like nurses or any like charities like that. I know that um, like I said before, some people like to donate food i don't really know like nurses don't get a lot of stuff like that like they don't get don't they, they we got the n95s from like a plastics company in pittsburgh i'm saying cranberry that's who donated us all those n100 yeah. masks yeah they do a lot of um building safety products and stuff too yeah I mean, are there any ways for non-health professionals to put pressure on your industry to make your lives less shitty? I think so. I think just trying to stay out of the hospital, honestly. Well, yeah, now's the time to not do anything risky, not get hurt, not chop your finger while doing dishes. Don't fall down the stairs. Don't drive if you don't need to. Just... 
stay safe because for the next two months to four months, there's really just not going to be competent medical care. People will be pulled from here and there and everywhere. No one will be working in their field because everyone somewhere will be sick. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, like you really need to stay out of the hospital. Like the hospital needs to just... It is definitely going to get ugly. Um, If people don't stay the fuck out of the hospitals, they're... Apparently, Forbes closed down elective procedures because of, um, they hit their number, I guess, network. The hospitals have, like, a specific number of patients, so, like, once they hit, like, they're shutting down, like, the majority of their elective procedures, and they, like, completely shut off their visitors, I believe. We've had, like, our cafeteria completely shut off for visitors for um, probably a couple weeks now, but we just instituted, like, the no-visitor policy like last week but like they still let like one person come in for like procedures they just have to stay in like the one waiting room and it's still like it's very like touch and go because a lot of the inpatients can't have visitors unless like you're dying or you're being discharged or you're like just being freshly admitted or like they're very like specifics now that's very frustrating because they keep going back and forth and then there's just arguments constantly that the nurses have to put out because that's just what we do. Oh, overall, in your institution, do you think there's more structure now than there was um, in the summer surge and then the, obviously the first wave? To be honest, not completely. Only because the first wave, we like moved things around and we also used a post-procedural unit as... Um, a COVID ICU and they went around to all the ICUs and got a bunch of volunteer nurses to uh, volunteer to staff that unit. And then the MICU didn't explode as much as they thought it would. And they were really able to contain the amount of ICU COVID patients that we got back in March, April, May timeframe. And so they shut that down. And now that we've seen this mass influx, we don't have like a plan like that right now. Can you break down mass influx for our listeners? You know, what it was then versus now? So then we would have 20 and 30 patients, 20 to like 40 patients probably total between ICU and step down ancillary units. And now we're like getting close, like we're between like 50 and like 80 patients. So like pretty decent influx. Um... They're on multiple units now, where they're just on two, um, now they're on three different units. They definitely aren't, they don't seem as sick, or at least people are coming in not as direly ill and requiring, like, straight ICU care. But there is still, like, a good amount of ICU patients just because there's a lot more patients in general. Do you think that the quality of care for your average, I just had a normal stroke, not COVID related. I was in a car accident. Patients are seeing a, a, a less a standard quality of care at this time. Not necessarily, at least not where like I work just because like a lot of our ICs are very specific. So like the traumas are going to trauma and like medical gets like all the COVID, but like CCU now, the cardiac unit I used to work on gets uh, a lot of the other medicals and stuff, which we've like been cross-trained with majority because we're sister units with the medical ICU. So we can take care of those patients and like the surgical is still seeing some surgical, but because we're so like 
specialize and we have some and like we have a neuro ice we're still getting a lot of strokes like now that I work in interventional radiology we get the fresh strokes like from the ER no like I don't feel that any of the care has been at all in that sense lessened um we're pretty on the ball with like strokes and other emergent cases we still get a lot of traumas like they have specific trauma teams for traumas I mean I know the mech the MICU staff is getting tired they're still pulling nurses to the medical ICU so I know that's at least like frustrating the nurses on the other unit I haven't worked on a unit in a long time now well it's been a month which has been fantastic let me tell you well yeah that in pandemic time is years and years uh yeah yep with ICUs for injury. <laughs> I think that the best way that everybody can help the healthcare profession is to just stay home and stay safe and be mindful. Love each other and thy neighbor like they're your family because you don't want to get them sick. Yeah, avoid everybody like to plague. Because it's a fucking plague, bitches. Yup. Wait, can we, can we even say that anymore after this? What? <laughs> Because we we don't. Because no one does it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Avoid it like a plague. We we don't do that, so we can't say that anymore. Uh, that is true. We don't do them. I gotcha. I'll edit that so we sound smart. <laughs> Me mostly. So now we know. What can you do to help? Keep your ass out the hospital. Stay safe, low-risk life. Keep it calm and chill. Wear your mask. Keep those you care about 10 feet away. And as always, listener, don't forget to like, subscribe, review wherever you found our podcast. We love to get noticed, and that's how we do it. We also Twitter. That's right. Twitter. Can you believe it? We Twitter. And as always, listener, stay safe out there. <laughs>